welcome to Aussie Craft Distillers Shooting the Ship. And we've been off for the last couple of weeks. A um, few things going on, but we are back and we are back with vengeance tonight. So first things first, let's, uh, let's introduce uh, Aussie Craft Distillers Shooting the Ship and who have we got here? So first of all, you've got me. So Crafty from Craftworks Distillery out at Caperty, and it's a chilly eight degrees tonight. And in Sydney, we have the other two that make up Aussie Craft Distiller shooting the shit, and that's Luke and the Todd. Todd being my right-hand man, and Luke being local nerd. G'day, guys. How are you? Hello, hello. Hey, doing well. You're damn so warmer than I am, I bet. Yes. Well, as you can see, I'm a bit flush, so it's, it's quite hot here. <laughs> Been a lovely for, those, for, the, for those who don't know, the Todd's just invested in some very professional lighting. Um, we think he looks like he's just been got a bad case of sunburn. And he's just, put he's too got much... no idea how to use his lights. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving right along. So our guest tonight is Mr. Lee Atwood from Backwards Distillery, a very good friend of ours. We've known a number of years. Uh, Lee and I talk regularly. Uh, we shoot the shit. <laughs> we we cry into each other's <laughs> shoulders, <laughs> and we celebrate our victories. So um, yeah, without further ado, Lee, how are you, buddy? Yeah, good. Thanks, Crafty. Thanks for having me on, mate. Oh, mate, that was uh, it. Was always going to happen, and it, it's good you're here. So, yeah. what do you drink? Just one quick question, though. Where's the brains of the team? Yeah, well, yeah, good point. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, good, very good point. And I have to make an apology for Bree. She's actually been, uh, been down and out. She's had a had a bit of a flu bug thing going on, so her voice is. She's getting better, but her voice is really croaky. So she's, uh, she's out. So <laughs> just me tonight. So, sorry, sorry. So, she, <laughs> so, so she's on the whiskeys tonight. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, she, she, she had one this afternoon to try and clear it out, but um, yeah, she's still a bit. Still a bit no good, so. It was a, yeah, a right. bottle kill from what I saw. Yeah, it was. Yep. <laughs> and it she, was a new uh, yeah. bottle, wasn't it? Was uh, yeah, some of the red gum riot was. So that, yeah, bottle, bottle kill at the at the cellar door though. So we've mm. been pouring that there. So it's been been going pretty quick. Wow. Yeah, nice. All right, we'll, we'll get into so, that. So, so speaking of whiskeys, what's everyone drinking tonight? Yeah, good call. Good call. Right, I'm going to go first because I'm drinking something very special tonight. Fantastic. So. As we, as we always say, you know, this is Aussie Craft Distiller shooting the shit. And we drink, um, we drink for pleasure as well. Um, and we like to tell a little bit about what we are drinking, which is not our own product necessarily. So um, tonight I've got two products. So one, I've got my trusty Blackgate Overproof Dark Rum. And I've been uh, chiseling away at this on, on the colder nights. And I must say, I'm really, really enjoying it. It nearly went into my Milo at nine o'clock in the morning the other day because it, it was a tad cold, but didn't quite get there. And the second one, and this is pretty special, uh, Imbibius. Imbibius in Queensland. Uh, distiller Jason. I met Jason four or five years ago down in Tassie. And he's been beavering away. And this is a brandy. And this is batch number one, and this is an award-winning brandy. It, it took a silver ranking in the London Spirits competition uh, of, recently. So uh, yeah, well done, Jason, mate, and well done to this. And I'm about to crack the top, 
Uh, so while everyone else tells me what they're drinking, I'm going to enjoy this. So, Todd, what do you got? What have I got? Um, I'm going to start with Hobart. Ooh. So the signature nice. range purchased on, on a, one of our Shooting the Shits when we were interviewing... Um, John Hobart. Jarvis. John, yeah. Yeah, and he Fantastic. gave you shit because you weren't drinking I've, at the time. I've knocked it a little bit, so really enjoying it. So nice. Definitely support them, and then when I get sick of that, I'll go on to Corowa. Very nice. The Corowa French port cask. Uh, we'll have to see what Lee thinks of that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. What do you reckon, Lee? It's. Uh, what do you reckon? It's, it's like, usually a, a backwards that I, I'm drinking that all that, out of the backwards glass if that helps. Oh, that's that's okay then. That'll make it taste <laughs> a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, local nerd Luke, um, what are you drinking, buddy? I'm I'm finishing off a little uh, whiskey loot sampler of the uh, Gospel Straight Rye. Oh, nice, very nice. Yeah, and um, as I finish that, then I might be tempted to uh, crack into one of my Hobart uh, beer cask series samplers in advance of the uh, uh, the tasting in a couple of weeks' time. Hopefully, they'll oh. all the way to that. Uh, steady on. That's that's a big call. It is a big call. It is a big call. Have... But yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> might have to reorder. All right, so cheers, guys. <laughs> Cheers. What's Lee drinking? Oh, sorry, I didn't ask. Well, <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I, I thought Lee was, Lee was in shock because of the Cairo situation. Well, yeah, so I, was, I was giving him some time to regroup. Lee, what's in your glass? Oh, there you go. Just oh, actually oh. got in my glass. Um, <laughs> I've got the characters in my glass. So, yeah. Nice. Look, um, in, I reckon this is the best wine cask whiskey getting around. Um, I love it. So, um, yeah, Dean and I do do the best to give each other a hard time, but um, deep down, we we get you know we work really close together and love his products and love what the boys are doing there at Corowa and this uh, yeah my favourite wine cast. But I've got some other things lined up too. Of course, I've got another good friend of ours, but something that's uh, equally delicious. And I know my camera's doing weird things there, but uh, a bit oh, of Tim Boone, yeah, yeah. bit of Josh there, eh? Yeah, awesome. In terms of um cask I, I don't think there's anything better than what that what they put out uh, they sort of get really good age on their whiskies and um yeah and I, look I'm, I'm going to be greedy tonight i even i've brought three things along because i didn't know how long we'd be and then the last one is a big peaty black gate um oh where is it well you can't even see it there sorry there it is yeah um, got it yeah so that's a, a port cask um black gate so yeah we'll see how see how long we go with it, but, I've, but i've come prepared yeah, and it sounds like you're gonna get you're gonna get Bree out of bed to come and pick you up afterwards. Is that is that the plan? Yeah, well, I I actually was I was going to go down the distillery and um, but then I was worried about driving home, so <laughs> I've gone for the fake the fake background and I'm in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's two two steps and I'm in bed. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I thought it was it was the background, and I was and I was oh, thinking to myself. You? I was, I was thinking that, gee, it doesn't get dark down there very quickly, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, there's some, see the people in the bottom corner there? They're, just, yeah, they're buying stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> cheers, guys. Yeah, yeah cheers. 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 All right, let's rip into it. So, Lee, 
Uh, first thing I've got is a, a very important question for you, a very serious question. So um, you've just won uh, uh, some, uh, a silver, was it a silver medal or in the London, um, London Spirits competition? Uh, yeah. A couple, wasn't it? Yeah, we did. We, got, we picked yeah. up one for our gin and yeah. um, one for our rye whiskey. Right. Okay. Now the serious yeah. question. How the hell do you get your little sticky icon onto your photographs? Oh, Tell me how hey. you do that. <laughs> that that's, a, that's definitely a question for the brains around here, for Brie, because oh, I don't do any of that, because I, uh, I would just ruin it, destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, giving me the, it's giving me the shits. I'm seeing, I'm seeing them all pop up, and it's going, how do they do it? I don't understand. Yeah, no. that's an important question, but I can't help it's, you with it. <laughs> that's a very one. All right, now let's, let's go back to it, though. So, yeah, so um, we'll, we'll talk about that shortly, but let's, for those who don't know, backwards and, and where you started um, and the journey you've been on so far. Give us give us a, a background of it all, mate. What's going on and how it all started. Yeah, yeah sure, mate. Um, and, and I think the, the way we've become friends is that our journeys have kind of tracked along. I remember we kind of received our, our stills are at the same time. Our stills were both being made by, by Bernsey over there in Griffith and they were lined up together in his shop. Um, yep. Yeah, so I, I suppose for us... Um, sort of started just with a with an interest in whiskey you know and then an interest goes to I wonder how you make it to I reckon I could make it to you know to, to here we are today but um, I suppose the big step for us was we were in Melbourne when we started when we first started to dream of it and you know you start to do a bit of research about distilleries and what you need and to set one up and you know it's pretty deflating when you first start looking because you look at Scottish distilleries and you know, you're looking at tens of millions of dollars in setup, and um, then we planned to move up to the country. And uh, you know, that idea was in our heads, and Bree was pretty keen on it, and I was pretty keen on it. So, yeah, we thought, well, let's go, to, let's go to Tassie. So I went down there and spent a bit of time in distilleries down there, and just saw the scale of what what you could do. You know, like people literally, like like you and I are doing now, but. People making world class whiskies in their in their sheds, um, yep. and that was just that was just a revelation. It's like, hang on a minute, I, I, this is actually something that's achievable. And when when we moved up here to Yakandanda, we had a shed on our property and spoke to council, and they're like, well, yeah, we're not wrapped that you're going to do it there, but we can't really stop you. So, um, so away we went and ordered the still, and um, whilst that was happening, I I, I studied. Um, with same time as you, Crafty, we did the Institute of Brewing and Distilling course and had a little 30-litre yep. still and did all my, all my planning there and, and research and development on recipes and mash, mash bills and roasted malts and um, come up with what we're kind of producing today. So, yeah, it was sort of, you know, like I sort of think I, I look back at it now and it, it's amazing how fast it's progressed and how far we've come. Um, yeah, so that's so you, that's sort you, of it, mate. You didn't have a distilling background prior to this, or no or experience prior to, to getting started. No, I, I had an interest in whiskey, um, and then once once it sort of became, you know, that we were set on it, we're going to do it uh, commercially. Then yeah, I you know I, I found so much value in actually studying it, but then also having the little still. But also, um, I spent a heap of time in in breweries as well, so. Hmm. There's a brewery about five k's down the road from our, our place, and just spent you know I just spent Saturdays there, just brewing away with him, and just learned so much. Um, 
yeah, so the, the learning curve was pretty steep, but I, I certainly put in the time. Mm. One of the things I find fascinating, Lee, is, yeah, we, we, we sort of tracked very, very similar, didn't we? Um, Absolutely, right, right yeah. from the start. And, and as I said, you know, we, we, we talk regularly and you know, share information. Um, and I'd be interested in your take um, on the, the importance of brewing um in in making single malt whiskey or making whiskey in general um you know there's various schools of thought um i definitely fall into the camp of there is so much in brewing and you've got to get those fundamentals right in brewing and if you don't you're on you're on a hiding for nothing um whether yeah. it's yields or other things so you've got a real focus on the brewing side too and you and you've spent a lot of time in breweries as you said so elaborate on that you know your experience yeah. and, and, um, and the importance you place on it yeah, I, I know we've got really similar views here, but I, I, I kind of look at malts as another means of control. So, you know, you, you think about your whiskey and what you want at the end in the glass. The first step is, is, is mashing and, and yeah. the brew. So using, using malts is a way of dialing in some of the things that you want in your whiskey at the end. I, I, that's the way I see it. So um, I, I spent so, like so much time and wasted so many little batches on that 30, on that 30 litre still, just trying to get it right. Um, that, and just that, just having that level of control, like that extra level of control, like you can think, well, you know, you can use malts that just yield really highly and get as much alcohol as you can and then control your flavour, I suppose, with the barrel. But I reckon that sort of, you know, I, I reckon you're missing out on a great opportunity there. So dial in the flavour, dial in what you want with your malts and your mash. And then, you know, and, and the, the barrel still has a huge influence, but I think you've got that kind of, and I think you've referred to it before as that DNA. You've got that DNA that you know comes from the brew and comes from your malts that's really prominent at the end. It's in the glass and you know where it comes from. Yeah. Um, and what is the backwards DNA? Yeah, so um, look, we we use um, only Voyager malts. We use them exclusively, and we do that for a number of reasons. We do it because, yeah, absolutely. We we do it because they they work for the little guys. Um, you can you can do, you can you can I guess design malts to your specs, and I'll do it for you. Um, yeah, look, I, I suppose the really the DNA is sort of what. I suppose what they offer in terms of this, the, the specialty service that they offer, but also some of the really unique grains that they use. Like the good example for that is our, is our rye whiskey. Um, that it's an heirloom variety. It was actually, you know, they were using it about a hundred years ago and then obviously better varieties come along and they, they forgot about it. It was neglected and it was actually growing wild um, in a paddock near the Murrumbidgee and a farmer found it and had it tested and it was sort of a hybrid rye. So um, yeah, got a crop and now Voyager um, have enough to supply, supply it commercially. And it's just a really unique grain. So getting access to grains like that through Voyager, I think is, is a big part of us. Um, but then also, you know, we, we do use, um, we use, re, use roasted malts um, because they, I, I guess in terms of what I was talking about before in terms of controlling or having that extra level of control from the brew, it's, it's it's really, I guess, roasted malts that, are, that you find that have an impact. You know, they, you can do a lot with those to have an impact at the glass at the end after maturation. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I think uh, too, to add to that, Todd, you, you would agree with this because we've spent a lot of time just tweaking the recipe. Um, and it takes a long time before you actually realize that, you know, what impact is having in, in the actual spirit itself. And I remember Todd, you and I were tasting something that was like a year and a half old and, and going, yeah, okay, this is doing what we, we thought it would, but it's a long wait and it's a risk. We, you, know, you can produce shit. It's not, not hard to produce shit. It really isn't. Yeah. Sorry, having to wait for two years to find out it is. It's not good. Yeah. yeah. It's that, quite that's, cruel. It's torture. Isn't that's it? a scary thing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it is. Yeah. You're spot on, though. Like, in, like looking at the way, like that rye I described for us reacts with French oak compared to American oak is like yeah. they're just worlds apart. Um, it's really interesting. Like the American you know, you get that kind of really vegetal kind of dill pickle thing coming out in the rye, but yep. in the in the French oak, it's far more kind of it really brings out the spice of the rye, and it's sort of much more chocolatey. Really promotes this kind of this, this chocolatey note, and a, yeah, so it's just interesting the the way you know you think you've got a, a really good new make, but the way it's going to react in in different wood is is yeah you you got to wait to find that out. Mm. But, yeah, and yeah what, but in terms, yeah. So I was going to say, but in terms in that in terms of that DNA, there there are things that will stay. Like in our rye, we do use a little bit of chocolate malt, and yeah. it's and it's prominent on the finish. In whether it's you know either whether it's finished in American oak or French oak, it's it's that flavour. You know it. It's the DNA backwards. It's there. Mm, that's cool. And one one thing uh, with uh, you mentioned Voyager. Yeah, the great thing about Voyager, I find, is. You can pick up the phone. You can talk to them at any time. They're there. They're, they're supportive. Um, and um, yeah, they're, they're, you're, you're talking with the people. They're talking to the farmers. You, you're really getting you're getting a lot of information, as much information as you want. Really, um, there's a high level of transparency, which is great. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. You've, you've done. Um, now you've gone down the road of smoked malts. Where Todd and I are about to rip into our first pallet of smoked malt. Um, oh, we used, yeah, yeah, and we used. Uh, so, so I spoke to Youngie uh, and got wood shavings off the cooperage floor, um, and we organised it, got it over to Stu at Voyager. He smoked it, and uh, we're looking really looking forward to see what it does. So, but you've been doing it for some time. So where did that start with you, Lee? And, and what sort of results do you think you're getting with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, when I was up at um, Voyager recently, there was uh, your your shavings were there and I had a bit of a smell and they, they, they smelled amazing. Am I? Leave them alone. Yeah, I know. Mine. <laughs> I, put a, I put a bit in my pockets as I left. No. <laughs> um, All right, I'll take yeah. a patent out on those, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, look, it's it, strike one. <laughs> yeah. This, the smoke molds all stems back to like our philosophy in that we we only want to use local products. So I know there are there are amazing Australian whiskies that use you know um, peat from you know Scottish peat, but we sort of feel like we want to contribute to I guess something that's contribute in a way that's something uniquely Australian. So because we can't source local peat, it doesn't fit our philosophy of local you know using local products. So we just wanted to find an alternative. Um, and look, you know, we're in an area where there's loads of rivers and loads of red gum. Um, so that just seemed like a, a wood of place and it, it's a big part of where we live. So 
yeah so we 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 thought we'd give it a go um we we did yeah we did some like Stu did some small test batches for us at Voyager and we mucked around with those and and we found that the smoke itself it's it's far less earthy than a peat and it's it's quite light so you know we were sort of smoking things at sort of 30 to 40 parts per million mashing it distilling it and testing the new make and it just wasn't that smoky you know there just wasn't a whole lot there so we worked with him and over time we we just cranked the dial up and you know really turned the dial up on that so we're, we we've done two batch or two two specs, I suppose. We've done uh, some batches at seventy parts per million and some batches at hundred parts per million. So you know you can imagine that as yep. a peat, like that would almost be like you know unpalatable. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But uh, on the on the red gum, it's really still you know it, it's smoky, but it's just doesn't have that earthiness and doesn't have that really kind of heavy medicinal and almost ashy kind of feel. Um, mm. It's funny when I've mashed with the red gum malt, people come, uh, when I've had people in the distillery, they're like, it smells like bacon in here. It's got this sort of beautiful bacon kind of note to it. Um, like a sweet wow. bacon. Yeah. Um, almost like bacon and maple or something, you know? Um, oh, maple bacon is a, is a match made in heaven. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not, um, it's not exactly what you expect, but um, on, on the new make, you do get that kind of, you do get that sense of kind of Aussie bush, but, um, yeah. yeah so we've had we've got some, we've got probably uh, we've got a few yeah we've got a few hundred liters and we've got they're probably about 18 months old now and it's just interesting right. to see what what the cask is doing to that and it certainly is pulling some of it away um it's you know the the 70 part per million i'm thinking ah should i've turned it up more but i think that's going to be pretty nice and it, it should be reasonably subtle and, and 100 and what, parts per million what cask have you put that into so I've actually put them into they're out, they're out of um, Perth uh, with a snapper cask. So again, yeah. we only use uh, we only use wood that's had a, yeah we only use yeah. uh, wood that's had Australian products in it. So um, yeah, so with the snapper bourbon style spirit, yeah, little bourbon yeah. style whiskey, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're yeah we've got it in there. So um, that's cool. Oh. I know I know someone who uh, I hate to disappoint you, but uh, they don't like it. Your your um, your rye. That's Mr. Marty Pie, uh, quote unquote. He said, "Not as good as mine." So uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually tasted uh, Marty's rye when we caught up last, and well, I like yeah. his. I can I can say that I, I like it. His, his was his was good. He's still got a bit to learn, but it was good. Yeah. <laughs> for, for for a young guy, he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He'll, yeah. yeah. For those who don't know, Marty, Marty Pye is Riverborne Distillery in New South Wales. He's 70, I think Marty's 78 now, uh, a grumpy old man. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he makes some pretty spectacular products. So uh, yeah. yeah. Is, he, is his rye out yet? Is it actually released? Yeah, yeah. It's called The yep. Betrayal. Okay. So it's another one in the, um, the um, what's some series? Um, the the born identity. Ah, oh, yep. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. By, by the time like... Hunter down, but by the time Hollywood get to him and, and try and prosecute him, I think he'll be six feet underground. Yeah. So it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to. I might have to call him to get a bottle. See if he'll give me a discount. He'll <laughs> <laughs> make you go on record saying that his is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. But, that's... And another. Like just building on the conversation there, like it's a like we've used the same rye. I'm pretty sure he's used that heirloom variety. Yeah, and they're true. just they're so different. 
Um, mm. they're, they're, they're just worlds apart, um, the whiskies. Um, so it's, it's just amazing, isn't it? That you can produce nah. such different products with the same grain. Nah, no, it's exciting. Now I'm just going to interject for a second. I'm going to comment on uh, Ambivious Brandy, Shiraz Brandy. This is spectacular. This is a brandy that's drinking like a very fine single malt whiskey. It is no, my experience of brandy has always been, it's a bit harsh. This is, this is so elegant that you can drink this like a single malt whiskey. Uh, so Jason, mate, I think you're on. Well done, really well done. It's impressive. So anyway, moving right along. I, I can't help myself. Um, Do it. I'm about to crack the... Um, the Hobart Imperial Stout Cask. Oh, yum. Oh, wow. that's fantastic. Beer finishes. Oh, yeah. It's like, holy hell. I'm actually not going to tell you anything about it because that'll ruin <laughs> the surprise. Um, I'll just, I'll make a face as to whether it's good or bad. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm being really sparing too because I better save some for tasting Yeah, but um, oh, that just smells. So that's the Imperial Stout cask and you get it. You certainly know that it's been, uh, it's got all that chocolate. The... That's exciting. Bear casting is very exciting to me. It's, yeah, I'm gonna have to sit on it for a moment, I think. Yeah, we'll good. leave you leave you with your thoughts yeah. there. You can salivate <laughs> over the corner. We'll get back to Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but it does it's actually raise a good question. Apparently. Yeah, it raises a good question. Um, one thing that Craftworks that that uh, Todd and I spent a lot of time talking about is is barrels and what's been in the barrel previously, and if there's multi uses for that barrel, then you're getting layer up and layer up and layer of, of flavor build. Um, and we haven't done a lot of it yet, but uh, beer barreling uh, is something that fascinates me. And I, I think it's, it's an exciting way to, to build some really interesting flavors into whiskey. What's your experience, Lee? Have, have you done anything with beer barrels? Are, are you got any plans with beer barreling? What's the story? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple in there. I've got a couple of... Um what are they they came out of hawker's brewery in melbourne and they yeah. were an imperial stout um so i've done a series of them i've done i got four, i think i had four 200 liter casts so i've done two as single malt and two as rye um as this way sort of interesting way to to track them and yeah and i and i think i really like our releases have worked really well when you release you know a single malt and a rye side by side that have sort of been been in similar casks um yeah, yeah so so that's i was sort of yeah thinking of that that that'd be sort of buddies as, as as a release but um yeah they're they're about a year old so and yeah got them wet and um so i picked up a lot of that really really yummy kind of stout flavor um had like had some warnings like um yeah i spoke I was speaking to luke mccarthy about it and he's like oh you know be careful live there wet you, you know they can you can pick up that kind of astringency from the hop but um, yep. These the casks were um, actually had a whippersnapper as well. So whippersnapper, whippersnapper sent them to Hawkers. They had a stout in them for for not very long. I think it was three months, and then I got them. So um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, look, they're they're tracking really well. They're sort of where where I'd hoped uh, where I'd hoped they'd be. 
Um, yeah. But that's, yeah, that's it in terms of beer casts. But um, yeah, keen to do more. We're, we're, we're doing some collaborations with a, with a brewery down around us, Bright Brewery. So we've, um, we're, we're sort of sharing, I guess, resources, where, um, barrels and, and, and things. So they've got a few things coming my way soon. And I've been distilling some of their beers and, and they're going to bottle them and, and sell them at the brewery. So that's sort of just been fun. You know, like it's a really good way to sort of work with, um, uh, yeah, a local brewery that's actually really successful and they're in sort of probably the busiest town in, in Victoria. So uh, they've yeah. been really great to us sort of um, giving us exposure and, and working with us. They've, they've been awesome. During COVID, there was there was a bit of uh, beer distilling going on, wasn't there? Because, you know, the, the the microbreweries got stuck with keg beer. They couldn't do anything with it. Um, so, yeah, they worked with a number of um, distillers. Um, we had a play at it. Um, it was mixed success. Uh, we ended up putting it into barrels. And what do we call it, Todd? It was the, it was the uncertainty was one because we don't know what <laughs> it's going to do. <laughs> Yeah, we had another name that one. I don't think we quite got enough to do much with it at this stage. Yeah, yeah, it was the the yields with it with the problem because it was lower ABV to start with. Uh, um, yep. Yeah, so you're sort of fighting it there. But also, what yeah. I did learn is going back to your comments on on hops. Um, yeah, if if it's if it's a stout type beer, it's it's obviously got lower hop content. Yeah. So less less impact. But if you go for something really hoppy, like a hoppy pale ale or something, then yeah, you could be asking for a world of hurt. Yeah. As far I, as I, it, I reckon it has that's been a losing done, It has mm. been done though. Boat Rocker and um, Starwood did their uh, release. Uh, Forget me not. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, it's been done. Very yeah, very hoppy beer, and it's. Uh, it's extremely floral. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I like the, the the boat rockers one. I really, I tasted it at your place, Luke, yeah, and yeah. I can't say I liked it. It was yeah, it, floral, very very floral. I think it's one of those yeah. experience things, though. Uh, we've all got them in our in our liquor cabinet. The 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 bottle that we thought that sounds interesting, and I want to try it just to know how that worked how that turned yeah. out. Uh, yeah. And I think, yeah, the, the forget-me-not is certainly one of those for me. Um, I bring it out. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll say, hey, what do you reckon of this? Yeah. What do you think it is? And uh, it always gets a, an interesting reaction. Yeah. Peter Bignall did a hop whiskey. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Peter, Peter Bignall did a, a hop whiskey, and that was pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that. I didn't get a bottle. I just tasted it at one of the... Um, shows, but I thought that was pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Well, crafty tasted my crafty tasted a batch of my new make, uh, and I'm no professional by any stretch of the imagination, but I I turned a uh, a breakfast stout um, into uh, into a new make, and uh, it turned out it turned out all right. Yeah. It was coming off the still as uh, rose water, which. Mm. It was very, very interesting. The hops. It was amazing. I think yeah. they certainly do add an interesting dimension. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to, yeah, just less is more, I suppose, with the hop, isn't yeah. it? Like, so, yeah, yeah in, like stouts and things, I reckon, work. And mm. the ones I've done with Bright Brewery, they, they taste delicious. But I have I have um, distilled an American Pale Ale, and that was just, yeah, a losing battle. To see astringency from the hops just took over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just lose uh, all that yeah. grain, all those subtleties from the grain. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's let's uh, change direction a bit. So, um, 
in a, in Australia, um, in the craft distilling space, um, people tend to go to Tasmania uh, and learn learn their craft. I think that would be a, a fair fair statement. Um, I spent some that. time in Tasmania. Not all of us, no, not all of us, but <laughs> but a lot do, right? And what they do is a lot take what they learn in Tassie and then they go off and they 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 make their whiskey, go form the distilleries that make their whiskey. A lot of it is very scotch driven. Uh, you know, the 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 way the scotch make make whiskey. And now there's the other side of it, which is the American style of um, learning how to how to make whiskey and and in America, a lot of that's been driven by the brewing industry. Um, so you've got brewers that, that are come in with, with detailed understanding of malts and interactions and that, and then going off and creating their own distilleries. So the question is, are you more Scotch? If you had, if you had to pick, would you say you're more driven by what's going on in, in, in Scotland and, and the, the history of Scotland in making whiskey, or are you more uh, motivated and intrigued by what's going on in America? I reckon, yeah, I'm probably sort of really interested in the American scene, to be honest. Um, like yeah. I lo- really love and respect the traditions of Scotland, but just yep. like I'm just really interested in what Australia can become. Like um, I'm sort of interested in making Australian whiskeys really unique, not not just trying to respect the traditions and 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 do exactly do it as, exactly as the Scots do, but actually try and do something a little bit unique and, 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 you know, like sort of what I said before about trying to use only local products, I reckon that kind of forces us into thinking about things a little bit differently. And, mm. um, you know, like if you think about how, you know, the influence of peat in whiskey came along, well, that was out of necessity, you know, and, and it's, and it's a tradition now and it's respected and it's loved, but I reckon there's other, you know, there's, there's other ways we can find to, to do things in whiskies through brewing and smoking malts and, that are just going to really add to the Australian landscape. Um, and I think the Americans do a really good job of that. I think they, they are, you know, fundamentally experimental and love pushing the boundaries. And I, I, in a lot of ways, I think that's the way the Australian industry is going. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff going on, like what you've mentioned tonight with, you know, smoking malts with the shavings of barrels and stuff like that is just so interesting and cool. You can't wait for, for more of it. Um, yeah, like look, you know, think about like Australia with a native grain whiskey, and that's just really pushing the boundaries. And um, yeah, they just won a really significant award too, didn't they? Best blended um, whiskey at the World Whiskies Awards with Australian native grains. Like that's really cool. I love that stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's next level stuff, and that's one of the great things about the the craft spirits movement revolution, the term I use in, in Australia. It's there's this real Fuck it, let's give it a go, right? Yeah. And, and and push it. And um, people, you know, the people that buy our products love that. They 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 love that we're not just trying to pump out a a forty four percent whiskey same time, same sort of casks year in and year out. We're, we're, yeah. Was that tastes Todd? Same year, tastes the same year after year after year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's you know, there's a lot of distilleries doing doing some great things, um, and what I love too is the, is the evolution. You know, if you take a, for example our, our good friends at uh, Blackgate Distillery, and, and you look at um, you know where they where they were. So they've been going well eleven years, twelve years now, I think. 
Um, and, you know, Brian was making stunning whiskey uh, and had a, had, a, had a cult following. He still does have a cult following. But then one day went, fuck it, I'm just going to do Peter and just stopped yeah. doing what he was doing which was successful, and then went, fuck it, I'm just going to do Peter, and changed his whole approach to making whiskey. Ballsy, incredibly ballsy, but very successful too, incredibly successful. Yeah. So, so that's an evolution. Um, and so that's what you're seeing in, in, in distilleries as well is, is this evolution, um, which is exciting, I think. Yeah. Um, in, in saying that, I suppose, like we've just come off the release of our red gum casks and – um, you know, there'd been one done before by um, Old Kempton. Um, yep. Dean Jackson down there did one and um, we, we worked really hard on it. It was really hard to source good red gum. Anything yep. young was was just not workable. Like it was just really astringent and unforgiving like most Aussie ingredients. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we managed to find some really old wood and the results you know we were just so happy with like it was just so much fun to do and just for it to work and just to get so much positive feedback but yeah like the, the, what really blew me away was um a post well, just the other myth about that though because it sold out so quickly yeah <laughs> what but what what like what probably one of my proudest moments in as being a distiller was um you know friends at whiskey and almond did a post that they had the whiskeys on the bar and they call them game changers. And that just, you know, that was like better than an award or, or anything that just meant so yeah. much to me. Yeah, yeah, no, that's nice. That's nice. The, yeah. um, just, just on that, you know, the, it's a different subject, but I'd like to touch on it because um, you and I have talked about it, Lee, is, um, you know, what, what we do is incredibly rewarding Right, we're 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 artists in, in what we do, uh, and we we appreciate whiskey as an art form, making spirits as, as an art form. Um, but we also are our own worst enemies, and our, our, we criti we're highly critical of ourselves. So, how do you manage that? How do how do you you know you, you've got something and you think, I don't know, is this is it good or not? You, you, you second guess yourself. And a lot of distillers that I talk to are in the same boat. Um, that they, they question that they question themselves sometimes. So how do you manage that? How do you push through that? Um, yeah. I, I'd be, I'd be intrigued to hear that. And I'm sure others would yeah. be intrigued to hear it. So, yeah, that's a really good question, Crafty. Like, and I know we've talked about it, but you do, you, you have moments where you just really question your products and what you're doing and, you know, you look look over the fence and see how other people are doing. You think, oh shit, maybe I should just be doing that. Um, and, and particularly when you're doing things like like we're doing, like in in some areas we're kind of pushing the boundaries a bit. And and there will be people that'll go, no, nah, I'm not drinking that. You know, I'm, that that that's not whiskey or, um, yeah. So, so sometimes you'll go into the bond store with the intention of thinking about, you know, what's the next release or what's coming up and. And you go to your barrels and you go, oh, you know, that, that tastes like shit. What, what's happened there? And you go to the next one and you go, well, that tastes shit too. And you just, yeah. <laughs> and you realize you sort of, you need to realize that you've got to be in, you've got to be in the right headspace. Um, yep. And probably the best thing you can do is to have good people around you. And I, and you do that, you do that really well. You have good people around you that you work, that you work really well with and, you know, I, I'm really lucky in that my, you know, my, my wife Bree is, is, is 
a whiskey drinker and and you know she's really level-headed and it, when I do things like that she's really good at getting me back to where I need to be um, yeah. but yeah but just working with good people like we've, we've had really good help along the way you know like you know yourself we've had lots of help by uh, Brian and Janice and you know um, the boys at, you know boys at Corowa and you know we all help each other and, and we all keep each other where we need to be but yeah that, that that's what I reckon is the solution surround yourself with good people and and when you know that you're in that kind of headspace, yeah. get away from you. Get away from your own whiskey. Step, step away from drink, it. Yeah. Step away and drink other people's stuff. And and yeah, in saying that too, like I, I do, I do consciously try and not just drink my whiskey all the time because I do feel you lose that, um, you lose the sensitivity. You, you yeah. Know, like winemakers call it cellar pellet. So just. And it's a really great excuse to go out and buy lots of other people's whiskey and drink it. Because <laughs> you're, you're resetting your palate, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Tax, Mr. Tax Man, it's all related. It's all research. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly right. The uh, what, what we we're just talking about a really good example is, is like a couple of weeks ago, Todd and I were in the shed, and I was pretty flat. Sorry. Was it Easter, was it? It was two weeks before Easter. Two weeks before Easter, yeah. So I was very, very flat. So Todd came in and his energy levels were higher than mine, but I dragged his energy levels down. And we set an objective that night. We said, we must find what is next. And we sampled, I don't know how many casts, and we Probably could not find many. one. No. Say again? Probably it was, too it was, many. But too many yeah. in the end because we were desperately trying to find one yeah. that would work. And the funny yeah. thing was, after after we did that, and we and I talked to Andrea, uh, who's Mrs. Crafty for those who don't know, and said we can't find anything. So we we actually thought we, we were going to have a, quite a big hole for at least six months. Um, then at Easter, Todd was in the shed, I was in the shed, Andrea was in the shed, and my reality check manager, Kathy, Kathy Pointer was in the shed, and magic happened. We, we pulled a number of casks, and we, Todd put a blend together on the bench, um, very, very methodically, and we tasted it, and we all went, that's it, and we're back on track. And so, yeah, headset, um, mindset and, and, and attitude and, and your mental state is so, so critical to what we do, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, definitely. And, and sort of what you talked about there, being flexible. Like sort of mm. you know, sometimes you have a plan for a whiskey and you, and you put it in a particular cask and you think it's going to be a certain way and, at the, you know, near the end, maybe it's not. But then put it with another cask and it can be something amazing. Um, that, that whole... That, that whole area which we I know we spoke about the other day of vatting and and that there's so much there's another level of creativity there I think that you can yep. you can create Absolutely. amazing whiskies by vatting um uh, look to be honest that, that's an art form of its in its own right that it yeah, is yeah, yeah. um absolutely. yeah so absolutely yeah. And, and particularly yeah for for distilleries our size like I, I think it's a you know you could find yourself in trouble if you just go for single cast releases all the time. I just think that's really hard because um, not all casts are created equal, as we know. Well, you're going to push yourself into a corner and not necessarily be able to get out of it. 
Yeah, and you can make an amazing whiskey by batting some some different casks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about um, um, what challenges what challenges do you see uh, in 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 the space that we operate? Okay, so we're small, independent, family owned, operated distilleries. We've got limited budgets. Um, we do a lot of things, we're hands-on, and there's only so much you can do. And you're in a growth phase, uh, quite a rapid growth phase right now. How, how, do, you, how do you tame the tiger um, and, yeah, continue to grow? What, what's your challenges you got, you think? Um, look, it's, it's really hard, isn't it? Like, we've, yeah, we, we have kind of expanded, but not ridiculously. Like, even still with our expansion on the scale of things where we're nothing, you know, we're, we're a drop in the water, really. Um, but it's essentially, we've got the capacity to, to do four times of what we could do in, in the old shed. Um, but it, I, I, I suppose the challenge is just trying to stick to that and sort of knowing what you want to do. Um, like we're, Brian and I have talked about it extensively and, you know, how far do you want to go with it? How far do you want to yeah. take it? How many people, you know, do you, do you want people working for you? And, and it, it sort of comes back down to what, what do we want to do? And I actually want to make the whiskey. I, I love that. I don't want to be, I don't want to manage people and, you know, I don't want to sit in an office and, and do, do the excise. And I actually want to get my hands dirty and be down there on the floor making the whiskey. So that, that, that sort of has an impact on the scale of the way we do things. And, and, and Bree's the same. Bree wants to be involved. And so, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're, we're cranking up but we still want to be a big part of it. So that's going to mean we're limited in ways. Um, we are going to employ people. Um, we, we don't want to do everything all the time, but um, yeah. So I suppose, and, and, and probably picking the limit, like people will come into, come into the cellar door now and they go, oh, so are you in dance? Like that's some level of achievement. Like if you make it down <laughs> Murphy's. Um, and I'm always like, that is I've never been Dan Murphy's. I don't ever want to be in Dan Murphy's. Um, just so I don't know. I want to remain at that level where most, you know, if you want our whiskey, the best place to get it is to come to the cellar door. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, and we will be in some specialty bottle shops. Cool. But ultimately come see us, you know, that's what, that's the way we want it. Yeah. That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's, um, yeah, it, it's challenging because, and I, I remember talking to uh, 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 Reg Pappas, Reggie, right, uh, when he was Ironbark, and he said, uh, "You think making whiskey's hard? You try selling whiskey." And <laughs> he, he's right. Yeah. It, it's you know making it's hard, but when you're a when you're a, a small operation and you're making it. You're, 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 you're bottling it, you're distributing it, you're going getting the sales, you're sweeping the floor, you're cleaning, you're debt collecting, and then you're cleaning. It's a really hard balance. It's, it's a yeah, lot going on. You got Totally. Like, it's, that's actually been a big surprise for us. Like we've been open, we've had a cellar door open for six weeks and yeah. you, you spend an enormous amount of energy on, on being with people and, and, and doing the sale. Um, yep. It's actually really hard work. Um, yeah, so that's like we knew it was going to be work, but we didn't quite realise how demanding it was. So that's been a pretty 
sort of a, that's been an awakening. We definitely yep. need some help there. Um, but yeah, like we, we've had lots of lots of um, yeah, like keen wannabe distillers coming in because you know yep. we're we're quite public and um, and we sort of you know we're very transparent and yeah, people people come in and and good you know it's great. There's more people wanting to distill and. But you, you sort of say, so what's your plan on, you know, on the sales? And usually they go, oh, no, we're just going to sell it all online. And you think, oh, uh, it's not, only if it was that easy. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it is. And it's and there's going to be a lot more. There, there are a lot more distilleries like us coming online. And, you know, it's 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 selling it is, is I think, harder than making it. Oh, and this mm, is yeah. said, more, more, more people coming online. It's... Um losing profit share to a lot of people now it just gets mm. yeah yeah so it gets it gets harder it gets more challenging and what what makes you special or different or um and yeah i, I think it's going to be harder and harder to sell online yeah. i think you've got to have a good experience and a good story and 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 the people that do come to you that's that's your opportunity you know um yeah it's going to be much harder to sell online it is going to be it's going to be harder and and yeah, I, I remember when I put my original business plan together um, and I, I sat down with Andrew and I said, we'll produce 24 casks a year and we'll sell 24 casks a year uh, and we'll make good money. And everything was built on online, right? Yeah. So the naivety of it, when I look back now, is just, and she she frequently brings it up that uh, you remember that business plan? Yeah, that wasn't a business plan. That was just a dream. <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. dream. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all the you same. Be... You, you sort of learn, don't you? You learn and you look, yeah, you look back at your business plan and go, oh, yeah, only if I knew what I, what I know now. Um, if only, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. It, um, yeah. It, raises, it raises another point because you touched on it. So um, we, we both came into the into the industry when the industry was exceptionally collaborative and very much built on the philosophy of Bill Lark, a rising tide floats floats all boats, right? So it was you could pretty well talk to anyone and they would help you. Right. Now that was in the days when there was a lot less distilleries. And now there's something like 350 odd distilleries. From, from memory um, in, in Australia. And, and yeah, hang on a sec. There's another one. And there's another one. It, it, this is what's yeah. happening, right? Yeah. But, you, but there's people coming in, this is my own opinion, but there's people coming into the industry that are more driven by different, uh, motive, different motives, right? And the elbows are starting to come out, I think, and we're starting to see that. And we're starting to see it with some of the, uh, the bigger players as, they, as they're trying to dominate and, and get more market share. Um, so I personally think the era of Bill Lark's A Rising Tide Floats All Boats is, is rapidly coming to an end. Uh, and we're going down the way of what's happened with the winemakers, how you had lawyers and, and solicitors and that and just wanted to get, get into the game, right? And, and I was talking to a distiller, um, a little craft distiller like us, and he got approached by a new one starting up and they had all the gear and they, they wanted some advice. So they invited him over. He walked in and he said it was a big operation. They sat him down. They pumped him for information. They said, we'll pay you. 
and he walked out the door and he, and he felt like a prostitute. <laughs> he, yeah. just, he just, he felt terrible. Um, so yeah. I guess what I'm saying is the, industry's tr the industry is, is changing. Uh, the elbows are coming out. So people are less, less inclined to be so forthcoming with information and, and transparency. I'm seeing it. I, I'm getting people that are asking me questions and I'm now starting to think, well, I learned the hard way. Um, you're just a person I don't know. I don't have any relationships. So why would I give you any information? What's your take on it, Lee? What are you, what are you seeing? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a really tricky one because, you know, we, we're the product of, in many ways, of that philosophy of, of we got a lot of help. And, um, yep. But, yeah, there's that level of where, where yeah, where does it end? And, um, like, uh, like I've, I've helped a couple of people quite extensively and, um but and they've helped me back to be honest like what one to mention is um mick martin he's still maker and sons up at the sunny coast and like he, right. he's just like you know he's, he'll be a lifelong friend he's just such a good guy and but he was the sort of guy that said rang me up and he said hey mate i need some help but i reckon i can help you and i said oh what what, what do you mean and he said well i'm an industrial electrician you're a distiller i've got things you need you've got things i need Let's talk, yep. and uh, yep. and then we just became great mates. And so he he came down and stayed, and, and we mashed and distilled, and brought his wife Sandy down. And that so we did that for the first week, and then the second week he rewired my entire distillery, um, sorted it all out, like just unreal. And we've just stayed really good friends. And he's actually teaching me stuff now. <laughs> it's great, you know. Um, so yeah, there's things like that. Like that's just so positive and so awesome. But. Um, yeah, it's hard. Like there, there are a lot of people now. Like we, like if I just think about last week, I reckon we had four in last week new distilleries coming in to check us out. I reckon we had two the week before that and two the week before that. Um, yeah. So, and it's it's sort of indicative of where we live because the the movement is kind of up this way now, and it's sort of shifted over the border a little bit. So we're getting sort of people from New South Wales popping over to see us, and yeah, so you know, like all great people. But where are we going with it? It's, it's hard to know. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some guys um, that have got a brewery down the peninsula. I've been talking to them quite a bit and helping them out. And that's just, we've sort of developed a friendship. And yeah, but it's hard to help everyone. Um, it, it really is. Like we, we often get the oh, hand up. Hey, can I come and free labor? I'll work for you for the day and, <laughs> and learn yeah, from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's just <laughs> yeah it's just so hard to like really to have someone in your space when you've got it all worked out it's just like oh look sorry it's just you know it's too hard so i i don't i just don't do it anymore um and you're gonna need but, more than one day as well yeah absolutely and but there's all you know I, I i have done it in the past but there's also the argument around work safe and so i use that now like we're in a public yeah, space yeah. now and i, I unless people are actually employed by us and have been inducted, they're not in that space now. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't let them in there. Mm. Yeah, for, for me, a couple of experiences I've had, um, yeah, I've had people in, in the shed and, you know, and we've showed them things and, you know, and, and that's great. Um, and because it's, it's relationship driven, right? As, yeah. you, as you said, right? But it's these people that come in and go, hi, I'm opening up a distillery. Uh, I need to know, What's your mashing temperatures? Uh, um, you know, what? I'll just hit you question after question after question. You go, who are you? 
Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it, like, it's, a, it's, all, it's like an arrogance. It's like you must give me this information because I've asked it. And it's like, yeah. I don't even know who you are. I, we gain our information through relationships. We forge relationships with people established in the industry and friendships and yeah, where possible. Trial and, and trial and error. There's, and trial and error. Yeah. I also think we went about it in a way where like we, we did, we studied, we did the hard yards. And then yeah. I felt like I had, then I felt like I could actually ask questions because I actually had done, I, I'd actually had that base and I worked hard to, to get that qualification as did you. So mm. you do feel then that you, that it's okay to ask questions. But before that, like, you know, I, I, I was fairly tame in the way I approached. Like when, when I said I went to Tassie before, I didn't, I never said to anyone that I was a, a new distillery and I, I just tried to talk to people and, you know, I, and, I, and I didn't, you know, before we got to first base, I didn't ask them what, what yeast they were using, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so I, I think just yeah, just gentle, gentle, and, and and people probably do know that it is a collaborative industry, yeah. and that maybe is I don't know, uh, maybe trying to take advantage of that a little bit. Mm. Well, ho mm. hopefully, you know, hopefully the, the 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 approach, the philosophy of Bill Lark is here to stay for some time, and and you know, hopefully um, we all grow um, on the backs of each other. You know, that that's through through supporting each other which which is a big part I, I think of where the industry is at let's hope it continues that way so yeah yeah, yeah definitely okay uh so luke or, or todd have we got any questions coming through or, or we, we, just... we we did have a question uh, a little earlier on uh yeah. from a, a regular uh david and carolyn taylor uh oh, yeah, asking, yep. lee uh would you consider a collector series Hmm. So, what does that actually entail? Like a collector series? What? What is that? Yeah, I guess it's it's open to interpretation. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Whether, well, you you were talking earlier about releasing, um, the sort of the same mash or the same bill in in different barrels and seeing how oh, they. Yeah. So I guess heading down that sort of a direction would you consider doing something like a, a multi-barrel series or a, um, uh, yeah, some, some li intrinsically linked collection? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in a way, I suppose we, I feel like we've done it a little bit with the, the red gum cast release, like, you know, they side by side special label. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe, um, maybe like we're looking at doing the sort of smaller bottle 200 mil you know package thing maybe we could sort of do some variety and something like that or yeah but i reckon all things like like that are definitely on the cards um moving forward yeah like i i do very much think of all our releases about single malt and rye and trying to kind of compare them or you know release as as we have um single malt and rye from similar casks and and, and just so people can enjoy the difference from the grains. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think that's what's cool about what we do. Like we've always got single malts and rice lined up um, next to each other. And mm. like, I must, yeah, I'm sort of going off here, but I must admit like I know. 
rye is my thing. I love rye so much. Um, and I do love single malt, but probably rye just a little bit more. What and is I'm really loving rye that you love? I just, I, I love the grain. I just love, um, I, I think it maybe stands up a bit more. Um, single malt is more subtle. And I think rye is a bit more, um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I find it more complex. I find that there's more going on in a rye. Um, you know, and I'm happy to be proven wrong, but um, and I know people will disagree with me, but I just rye works for my palate. I just love it. And um, what I've loved at the cellar door is when people like so many people haven't tried rye before, and when yeah. you offer them, they go, oh, "I'll try the single malt," and then you pour them the rye, and they buy a bottle of rye. Say, yes, <laughs> you know, another win. <laughs> I'm converting mm. people. Yeah. Welcome to the dark side. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rye, there's. Rye, there's there's a tension. I, I remember the first time I had rye, it was in it was in Canberra, and I think it was a Rittenhouse rye because I, I still love Rittenhouse to this day. And I remember going, "Wow, dirt floor and and real fragrant perfume notes." And it was a real tension conflict between the two. And yeah. American rye, uh, but uh, yeah, rye are fascinating. Um, but that, you're using that that earthiness, yeah. You're using malted rye, right? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever worked with with straight rye, or, or uh, in, in, you know, had to cook it, or, or no, it, no? It's not something you'd well, want to do. Well, well, it's, well, it's a lack of equipment at the moment, I suppose. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, maybe never say never. Um, mm. Certainly. Like, you know, I love unmalted rice as, as much as malted rice. I sort of use, I, I use the malted rye because it's what is sort of closely available. And, yep. um, and, and I, I do very much enjoy the flavor, but could be, could be something. Definitely. I, I, know, I know a bloke not too far away that could, um, that could cook, cook unmalted rye for me. So um, yeah, I might have to take a drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Todd. Yes. So you've been distilling for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. um, so talking to Lee, who's, who's been distilling longer than you, and your, your experience of distilling is just with me, and you, you've seen some of the, I don't know, fuck-ups that, that, <laughs> that I'm prone to. <laughs> what, what questions would you ask Lee to say, is he doing this right? <laughs> or, or <laughs> what would you do differently, Todd? <laughs> what, what's your biggest concerns of craft words that Lee can help you with now? <laughs> oh, boy, just lead with your chin, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this could be a test, Todd. Uh, <laughs> it, might, it might be. Uh, let's talk about brewing, for example. <laughs> the hardest thing out. Oh, yeah, brewing. I guess in your journey, what is the hardest thing that you've had to try and overcome? Sorry, the hardest. The, the, hard, the hardest aspect that you've sort of, I guess, struggled with? Yep. Um, hmm. I, look, I suppose, look, look, I reckon brewing takes time. Um, mm -hmm. It takes time to master. Um, like I, I don't know. It's 
yeah, I'm, I'm sort of thinking, is it a struggle? Yeah, it is, I suppose. Like it takes, it takes time to be a, a good brewer. And I, I reckon I, I became a, a really, like I was brewing really, like I was getting really high efficiencies and uh, on my old system and I was just nailing it. You know, I could be in there sort of by 6.37 in the morning and I'd, I'd be done by, by 1.30. And you know, hitting all the targets and and just awesome. Doesn't now that I'm like craft works at all. That one. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. Wait, he no. said one one thirty in the morning. No. So seven o'clock in the morning, one thirty in the morning. I'm like, I, I, I got started at six. <laughs> but wait, wait for it though. But so I I felt like I was the master of my domain, and now I've moved everything over and I've upsized all my equipment, and I'm I feel like I'm starting again. You know, like yeah, right. okay. there's, so, I'm, I'm, you know, I, every day I'm running into different issues that I need to sort out. So yeah, my mash day, like on Tuesday, I was in there at six and I left at about 7 p.m. So that was a, a massive day. And then I had to go back the next day and finish cleaning up. Uh, the week before was pretty similar. So um, I thought, you know, I was, I was ruling the, the brewing scene, but um, I'm learning again. And just, there's a whole load of new challenges on a new system. And the, the, un, the unromantic side of distilling that people don't actually see. The, the, yes, the absolutely. That, yeah, uh, you know, grain getting in places where you thought, shit, how did that happen? And now I've got to unblock that. And yeah, and then you down further down the line, it's blocked something else too. And yeah. So yeah, we've made, we're making some adjustments, but um, yeah. So, you know, like it's in a way that, you know, I, I suppose is a struggle maybe like it's sort of a, it's a but it's a really exciting um, learning space and, mm. and it's, and when you nail it, it's such a good feeling, you know, when you, when you, when it's just all humming and all singing and you've got your favorite tunes pumping in the distillery and yeah, that, I love that. Yeah. No, what, what is put... what is pumping? What is the most productive soundtrack that you've got? <laughs> Look, my taste in music is if you talk to Bree, it's a little bit controversial. Um, she never lets me play in the news in, at the news site. I'm not allowed to play any of my music because I'm into metalcore. <laughs> oh, look, you're gonna <laughs> you, you're gonna thrash away at everything. Yeah. That. So, so I mean, that, that's got to lead to productivity. So that's that's why I've got these AirPods so no so no one else can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, um, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story about music because <laughs> it's it amused me. So London Spirits competition the other day, right? Um, and so we entered something in, and I am our, our first release, right? And so I've got music going. Andrea's in the shed, and she's bottling. She's done all the bottling. She just bottled three hundred bottles of gin. Um, and she's saying, what are you doing? And I'm there on my phone and I'm scrolling down just on my phone because with London Spirits, they, they basically have gold, silver and bronze ranking. And you, got, you scroll down, work your way down, right? Anyway, in the background, I had the soundtrack to the movie Oblivion, which is a big theatrical um, album. It's fantastic. I love it. I play it a lot in the shed. And the music builds, 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 right? So Andrew's going, what are you doing? I go, don't worry, I'll be there in a sec. No, come on, come on, go do something. Yeah, I will. And the music's building, building. I'm scrolling as fast as I can. <laughs> and I get down, and I kid you not, we go down and Craftworks, and I went, I went like that. And the music just went, just crashed. And it was like, oh, it's just shivers <laughs> down, down, down my spine. 
<laughs> so with your music, Lee, it wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference. Yeah, <laughs> at I'll, the start of the finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get on the. I do a bit of air guitar on the mash pedal. That's what I do. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> So we've we've got uh, Dean Druce saying uh, Lee has terrible music sense. <laughs> well, D Dean and I drove over to Adelaide and back together, and I, he didn't warn me, but he had a, he did a playlist for the entire way there and the entire way back. Now, look, the playlist certainly wasn't to my liking—a mix of sort of '80s and '90s music. And he sang every song the whole bloody way. <laughs> so not only do I have to listen to the music that I don't like, but he sung along. And uh, can he sing in tune? No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> yeah. well, at, least, at least you don't really have to sing in metalcore. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, just a bit of throat screaming. and yeah. Screaming yeah. and, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Anyone can do yeah. that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I like it. It just just works for me. Yeah. <laughs> you want music? I'm, get, I'm right there with you. Get you moving. Right. Yeah. No, you yeah. want you want music that, that gets you moving. Tell us about your relationship with Dean, because you guys are uh, best of buds. You hang shit on each other all the time. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even tonight, as we put a, I put a post up about the, you know, we're doing this tonight, and you're hanging shit on each other, and then then uh, Josh. <laughs> Chimes in, he hangs shit. And then Robbie Tugnot, he's hanging shit. It was like yeah. you're having your own little private conversation. Yeah, so, it's the, uh, so, yeah. The, so the how did you love. meet Dean? And yeah, exactly. How did you meet Dean? What's your relationship? Uh, how's it how's it all work? Uh, look, we we always joke that uh, yeah, he reckons uh, I came to him and 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 he taught me everything, and I tell the opposite story that he came yeah. to me and I taught him everything. But uh, yeah. the, the truth was, like, I didn't know Dean until it was we, we got our still. It was actually our very first mash day. And the still was there. We just installed it and started mashing. And the local news came out. They came to us and then went out to Corowa. So we're on the news together. And we hadn't even met. And then he rang me the next day. And that's how we, yeah, that's how we sort of got to know each other. And then, yeah, he, he's been, you know, we joke, but he's been an awesome help along the way. And, um you know what and what him and robbie are doing for us in this area at the moment is just amazing like they're putting in a, a cooperage at corowa and they're sourcing yeah. amazing wood and um yeah so yeah it's i don't know like it's we're we're 45 minutes down the road from each other so every little issue and problem we have we we, we call each other and talk talk through it he's sort of like my work wife i suppose and um <laughs> yeah so now we've just become really good mates so you've uh, got so you've got your work wife and then your real work wife working with you. Yes. All the is, there, is there is there a is there a a, a, a conflict there? <laughs> no. Well, actually, Dean gives it probably to Bree more than he does to me, so he lays it on pretty thick. So, yeah. But uh, she can yeah, she can punch back though. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan and I joke when we went. To, yeah, she can. When we were in Adelaide, we um. You know, we, the world was the world was our oyster. We're out at whiskey bars, and then we sort of started walking down the street. And, you know, we could have done anything that night. It was, you know, it was a, a, I think it was a Friday night or something. And the world was our oyster. So we, yeah, except we're in Adelaide. But, you know, pretty good, pretty good whiskey bar scene. We walked past a 24-hour pancake joint. And then we went in there and had pancakes together. That's how wild we are at midnight. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll always, we'll always have the pancakes, Dino. <laughs> <laughs> 
is it, what is it like working with your wife on such a, a big all-encompassing venture as having your own distillery well uh, like working with your wife on a on a daily basis um, so it's yeah it's it's new we've only been working together like this well obviously we've been doing it part-time around our other jobs but full-time together in the last six weeks you know we're, we're still oh, married wow. which is great and uh for now <laughs> yeah no no it's um it's good like we sort of we our skills really do complement each other. Like, you know, I'm really interested in the production side of things and she's really interested in the sales and marketing side of things. So it does work pretty well. Like every now and then if I venture into her territory, there's a bit of a, you know, I get snapped and if she ventures into mine, vice versa. So we, we, we're, we're learning our boundaries and no, it's, it's, it's actually really good. Um, we do have really similar, I guess, visions of, of what we want to do and what we, and you know, what the products we want to make and, and how we want to present them and so now it, it it actually works really well um yeah we're we're a pretty good team must admit when, when uh, she's there and, and not chugging a bottle just to fix a sore throat yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just saying this because i'm worried she's going to watch it back later no no <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking no we, we do it actually it actually does work pretty well um yeah, it'll be interesting when we get probably a, a couple of other people on the scene and um, how, you know, that'll certainly change the dynamic, but I think that'll be that'll be good. Mm. And that's going to be in the cellar door side or, or are you looking at getting someone to assist, assist you with production or what's the thinking? Yeah, well, I, I, I really like the idea of someone, the people that come in do, do a bit of everything because I think yeah. you can actually tell the story a whole lot better if you're actually doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so someone that, you know, we'll sort of put it out there as cellar door, but that will hopefully progress into an interest in distilling and then doing it. And then, and then hopefully that can, yeah, I just think to get people invested and, and that's almost the carrot, isn't it? Like, you know, cellar doors are great, but if you can actually get in there and, and actually make the stuff, I reckon that's pretty exciting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, it makes it easier at the cellar door to, you know, able to talk about the products and how it's all put together and, Todd, you'd vouch for that, wouldn't you, mate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. helps if you know what you're talking about when, when you're trying to sell this stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm, tastes, like, tastes like whiskey. Mm. What, what else do you need to know? Yeah. <laughs> Buy it. Buy it. Yeah. We make it here. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the shed. It goes in those things over there made out of wood and you wait a couple of years and hey. See what you got. Yeah. What we I'll tell you one of my favorite experiences in the cellar door, and let's see what yours are so far. So I really enjoy it when a Scotsman comes into the shed. Do the voice. And they look at uh, do the voice. <laughs> no, a, a, a Scotsman Scotsman comes into the shed. It's not a joke. Scotsman comes into the shed, and they and they look around, and the first question they no the first thing they say is, "Ah, you're trying to make whiskey, are you?" <laughs> so trying, trying, not ah, but trying to make whiskey. And the second question is, so how old are the barrels? Um, so you tell them, right? And they, you know, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, he, he's not making whiskey. And then when they taste something and you see that head tilt, you know, where they go, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? And it's really cool when you sell to a Scotsman who's quite sceptical. Um, so I love that experience. And the other experience I love is when someone has had a really bad experience with whiskey 
you know, like, do you like whiskey? No, mate. In my 20s, oh, I got blind and I've never been able to touch this stuff since. And then you give them a wee taste of something and they enjoy it. And you see, you see the, the, the synapses connect again and they go, they get all excited and they go, oh, this is whiskey. This is different than how I remember it. Now I want to go off and explore and, uh, and taste whiskey. So those two experiences, I love when that happens. I really do. So what do you got in, in your limited time with Cellar Door so far? Your experiences? Yeah, I, probably, I probably revealed one of them. Like I love it when people haven't tried rye before and they try it and just love it. And like you yep. just see, you know, mind blown. Um, yeah, love that. Um, no, and just love, I don't know, the people that come in and know your story and they've followed you from the start. Like, um, yeah, we, cool. yeah we, we had a group in on the weekend and, and they are looking at starting up a distillery, but they were just really, really kind, friendly people. And they, they, they just sort of had knew everything about us and they just followed us from day dot. And that was really humbling, you know, to know that people had taken that kind of interest in us from, from the get go. Um, so yeah, those moments where you think, oh, you know, like we've kind of inspired them in a way and that that's pretty cool. You know, um, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. No, that's good. Excellent. I love that. Let's, uh, talk about gin. So gin is new for you. Um, new product release. Um, did you go into gin because it was a way to help with cash flow? Did you have a passion for gin? Um, and where do you see yourself going with gin? Yeah, cool. Um, gin was never in the equation and we wanted to be whiskey and it was whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. And then we sort of started, as we got to know more distillers and more involved in the industry, we started to drink a little bit more gin as you get to know gin dis- more gin distilleries. And As you do? Yeah, probably the, probably the one that got me was, was far, Farmer's Wife. And yeah. I, I, the, the, their gin is just amazing. And... I started thinking it actually tastes pretty good and, and I was drinking more and more of it. And I, you know, initially I was thinking, I don't have any room for another drink in my life, but I found room and I've, I've inserted it. And um, yeah. yeah, so then, yeah. And I, I can't remember who it was, but someone said to us, when, when you open your cellar door, you know, some, you're going to have people that come in that don't like whiskey. What are you going to sell them? They're going to come in for an experience and you, you want something there for them. So it kind of started to make sense. Um, you know, we, we and I, I'm so glad we kind of established ourselves firstly as, as whiskey and people knew us as a whiskey distillery. And then we kind of added gin later rather than doing it the other way. So, yeah, and I know you did that way too, doing it the hard way where you've got to battle through and yeah. keep spending and get nothing back. But at least I think it, that you're known for whiskey and the gin's kind of a bonus then. But yeah, gin, it became... We, we, we sort of said we we're going to do it. And then it was the lock, you know, exactly a year ago, lockdown. And I said, right, I'm going to have a go at this. So I've got a 50 litre column still and um, just, just started mucking around. And yeah, I stayed home for however long that lockdown was and just made loads of gin and just, yeah, had a lot of fun doing it. And um, yeah, kind of, I, I, I thought I'd, I'd, I guess the inspiration for it was, the where, where we started because it is the original side of the distillery is next to a bush block so we sort of wanted to kind of bring some of that flavor from, like we, we every morning when we wake up we smell it we smell it yeah. when it rains you just get those awesome smells from the bush so mm. we wanted to try and get some of that in the gin so 
yeah, we've used a lot of really local botanicals. And when you nose our gin, it just smells like our bush block. And it's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, it is cool. You go, you go. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's ended up being something we're, we're pretty proud of, actually. And, it, and it, we've, we've sold loads of it. And it's just great that people that come in that don't drink whiskey, we put it on our tasting paddle. They still have a go at the whiskey, but the gin's there for them, which they know and love. And happy days. No, it is it is cool. Gin, gin for for me is um, yeah, we're relatively new to to gin, um, and you know it's a good friends Nick and Ellie from Karoo Distillery. Yeah, without them, we wouldn't have a gin. Simple as that. Um, and it's got us on the road to gin, and and you know there's some fascinating things happening. But I had a lovely experience today. So um, the up the road about five minute walk is uh, is a is a garage cafe, and that's basically the that's all there is in, in Cape Verde from a shop perspective. <laughs> There's nothing else. Um, anyway, so this lady walks up to me. She goes, "I know you. Um, I follow you on Instagram, and I and I I sort of knew, and she told me where she was from. So she was down the valley, a uh, place called Glen Davis, which is right at the end of the valley." And she grows her own herbs and, and, and that. And she's growing lavender and she's going to be distilling lavender just for, for aromatics, right? For oils and that. And I said, oh, lavender. And I told her about the gin. She, and she knew we were, we were making gin. I said, that, you know, that could be something interesting, something local. And then she started telling me about all these different plants that she was growing. And the upshot of it was she's going to come over next week. She's going to bring some cuttings. And uh, there's some really interesting stuff. Um, which will lead us. I know, Todd, you don't know this. So this is, no, this is breaking, you, me, I'm, breaking, I'm breaking news. <laughs> We're going to be playing around with another gin soon. Um, but uh, well, it was we'll a really lovely. To make a gin using local ingredients. So, so yeah. Well, we are, we are now. We're using rosemary, which grows on the grounds of the pub. Uh, lemons and limes that grow down the valley and wattle seed. They're the main, the main distinguishing botanicals that we're using. But to really sort of deep dive in and see what else is out there. And yeah. it, gin's fascinating because you start with the neutral, which is a blank canvas, and the botanicals are the paint is the best way to describe it to me. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it's almost instantaneous compared to whiskey. So whiskey, we have to wait, whereas gin, you know, in a relatively short period of time, and you can you can tweak it away, and it's, it's fascinating, I find. Yeah, yeah, it's ended up being loads of fun. Um, yeah, but yeah. So we, we've got the one, and we're we're about to release two others. So um, we, we're sort of thinking we'll have a be able to do a like at our cellar door, do a paddle of gins, which would be yeah, three three of our range. So. We've actually teamed up with a local winery, which is heaps of fun. Um, Siam Wines in Rutherglen. All right, um, yeah. Yeah, Rolly and Sally are just great winemakers. Their products are so amazing. And we're, yeah, we've sort of become pretty good friends and um, keen, yeah, keen to do more and more together. So we are doing some brandies and things with them too. But um, the, the gin, we're, um, we're doing a musket gin. So we've been steeping, been steeping. They did a really late pick on the musket. You know, it was all shriveled up and the sugar was just off the scale. And we've yeah. soaked that in, we've had that soaking in our high, like 75% gin for the last 28 days. Um, and we're going to press it, press it on Monday and um, get it into bottle, but it's really delicious. Wow. Um, there's, a, there's a scoop. There's a scoop on Aussie craft distillers shooting the shit. Look yeah. out for that one. So that's coming, yeah. And we've we're it's been a bit slow this one, but we're working on another gin with uh, 
with a hatted chef from Beechworth. So he's he loves rye whiskey, and we've become friends because of his love of rye. And, he, and I'm like, do you like gin? He's like, oh, yeah, it's all right. And I'm like, well, how about like pick your pick your favorite ingredients from your restaurant, and we'll try and put it into a gin. So he's keen to do that. So. Yeah, I've had a couple of goes at it. We need a few tweaks, but that that one shouldn't be too far off either. No, that's cool. Yeah, just right, good fun uh, projects. Yeah, no, those sort of things are awesome. So we've, we've been rabbiting on for some time. It's been a great conversation, but I just want to check on time. How are we going, Luke? Are we where are we at? Uh, now? Yeah, we're at the uh, roughly the hour and a half mark. Um, okay. So yeah, we're all good. We're, we're all good. Any questions coming we've, through? Any comments? We've, anything? We've had more comments. Yeah. Uh, ben Quick. Uh, your musically isn't singable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Qu Quickie helped me with this. In the internet's working today because of Quickie. So we need to thank him. Otherwise, I wouldn't right. be on here. Thank you, Quickie. My, thanks for telling me I didn't pay my bill, Quickie. <laughs> <laughs> Could have paid it for you. Then it would have yeah. been <laughs> So where do we get? So I, uh, you've got the gin on the website at the moment, but you sold out of whiskey. Yeah. So we're we're about to release some more whiskey though. So um, we it's been great. Like we've actually we did run out of whiskey faster than we thought we would, but we've been, we've sort of sneakily pre-released our batch four single malt and batch three rye at the cellar door just because mm. we had to, um, and we're about to do an online release, official release of, of those. So they, there's going to be some of that online. What's the best way to get to know about that as soon as it's available? Yeah, so if you got... Insta, what do yeah, we do? Yeah, like we're, we're pretty, um, we're good on the socials, so it, any of those will work, but probably the best thing to do is jump onto the website and at the top there's a banner, get on the mailing list and then, um, we, we, we let the mailing list have a go at everything before everyone else, they get notif early notifications. So, uh -huh. um, yeah, th these will be a fairly limited this release. Isn't um, yes. Yeah. We're, yeah. We've, um, yeah, we've, uh, we've had some pretty cool, I guess, yeah. Uh, results on online sales recently. So that if you do, if you are keen to get Sullivan's it, Cove, sell it like that. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's good company. Cool. Yeah. Um, What's, your, what's yeah. the website, Lee? What's the website address so everyone knows? Uh, it's just, yeah, if you, yeah, backwardsdistilling.com.au. And oh, I've, clean. Put that, I've put that into the chat. Uh, yeah, cool. As well as links to the Facebook and the Instagram. Yeah, uh, thanks, Luke. So all of those are in the chat, and I'll be adding those to the, um, the episode descriptions as well for everybody listening after the fact right so for those who haven't uh, been able to watch um luke explain where we go with this so we are on youtube we've got a youtube channel and yeah so it'll work we've got the website uh craftersillashootintheshit.com uh from there you can access uh the youtube uh obviously the facebook um and uh you can listen to the uh podcast episodes and uh, directly from the website you can also get access to the links for uh apple podcasts uh spotify uh google podcasts and i'll be adding more in in time but we're on we're on the big main ones uh so yeah uh and you can also subscribe if you've got your own preferred podcast uh app but we're not 
in their catalog, uh, you can subscribe using the RSS feed. So we're, we're, we're pretty well everywhere. Um, if, there's, if, if we need to be somewhere else, let us know and I'll work on it. That's why we've got a local nerd. <laughs> I've got the Stillers don't do, we don't do this sort of thing. <laughs> he does. <laughs> every, every couple of days, Luke will go, how about we do this? And, and Todd and I look at each other and go, holy crap, what's this going to cost? <laughs> so, so far, nothing. So <laughs> I try to keep it as, as, as uh, no cost as possible for, uh, for my own benefit at least. That's yeah, no, good. So, so just to just to finish up, um, just for those that uh, are watching for the first time, so Aussie Crafter still is shooting the shit is very much about what we've done tonight. It's it's just shooting the shit. It's just having conversations with fellow distillers, mates, and with no topic is is off the table. You know, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's serious. Um, the main thing is. We're just getting it out there and talking to different people. Um, we've got Australian distillers um, lined up, other ones that, that we're going to be doing in the weeks and months ahead, as well as some internationals as well, which is uh, always always interesting, a, a different take. Um, we're also going to be interviewing the people that are important to us. So, um, you know, Lee and myself have mentioned uh, Voyager Craft Malts. That's that's I'm 100% uh, Voyager Craft Malts, and and so's Lee. Um, without people like that, we wouldn't we wouldn't be we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So um, intend to interview them, not interview, but shoot the ship with them and others as well. So anyone who's had an input in us enabling us to put our our product and our hard work in a bottle, um, yeah, we want to talk to them and and get their back stories in, across as well. Yeah, back in November. Uh, for episode three, we spoke with uh, Andrew Young from uh, YN Cooperage, uh, yep. and that was fascinating. What mm -hmm. that man doesn't know about wood isn't worth knowing. Just incredible. Uh, and, uh, of course, we've spoken to uh, Rachel from the ILA Whiskey Academy uh, over in ILA. Uh, just, yeah, there's some good back episodes there of some really good um knowledgeable people in the industry uh both in distilling and uh helping put it all together yeah. and also past episodes yep and also distillers that are that are new distillers that are veterans so um yeah we're, we're very proud of, of what's happening here it's growing so we, we hope you're enjoying it and on that note lee thanks mate it's been it's been fun it's uh it's been informative and uh I'm not going to see you at Blackgate, so you said, unfortunately. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm working on I'm it. Oh, come I'm on. on. Come on. It's, it's going need, to be... That's, that staff thing we're talking about would, would help, but um, uh... I'm, I'm trying. I, I so want to be there, but um, yeah. But no, thank, thank you guys. Thanks for inviting me on. It's been fun <laughs> fun talking and um, I've really, yeah. And yeah, thank you, Crafty. We've, we've been on the journey together, mate, and I've really appreciated uh, our our friendship and the way we've been able to to lean on each other throughout it all so that that's been awesome and i do Likewise, just want to go mate. on the, i just want to go on the record as saying that i actually did teach dangerous everything that he that he knows and on that um bombshell who, who's our who's our um who's, who's, who's next who are we shooting the shit with next time Doug, 
so it goes the master than the apprentice, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's got two weeks to prepare for it, so I, oh, I yeah. think uh, <laughs> yeah, he'll be like he'll be loading the cannons. <laughs> so, so, for, so for those who don't know, yes, Dean Drews is is going to be uh, on Aussie Crafter still is shooting the ship. That's the next episode coming up uh, the end of April. So we'll keep following us and we'll give you details on it and. Uh, yeah, Lee, I'd duck for cover, mate, because I reckon yeah. he's going to be going. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is all downhill from here. Yeah. <laughs> We've peaked. We've peaked. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, mate. And we'll uh, we'll all catch up soon. And hopefully at Black Hopefully at Black Lake, we all catch Thank up. So, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right. Cheers, everyone. See ya.